Bismillah. Alhamdulillah. Hamdan kathiran, dayiban, mubarakan fiq. Kama yuhibbu rabbuna wa yarda. Ashadu an la ilaha illa Allah wahdahu la sharika lah. Wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh. Al-Nasih Al-Amin Allahumma salli ala nabiyina Muhammad Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Wa man tamasaka bi sunnatihi ila yawmiddin Thumma amma ba'd Alhamdulillah We continue going over The tremendous book By the Fadilat al-Shaykh Al-Allama Al-Imam Imam bin Baz Rahimahullahu Ta'ala The book which is entitled Durus Al-Muhamma Li'amat Al-Ummah The Important Lessons for The General Masses of the Believers Or The Muslims And we are going through this tremendous work by utilizing the explanation by the Fadil to Shaykh Sheikh Abdul Razak bin Sheikh Abdul Muhsin Al Abad Al Badr, Hidhumullahu Ta'ala. We had started the conditions for La ilaha illallah in the last class and we had taken the first condition and the first condition is knowledge and this is extremely important that we understand the conditions and their relationship to La ilaha illallah. And that is because if these conditions are not met, if these conditions are not fulfilled, then a person will not benefit from saying La ilaha illallah. And the first of those conditions, then it is ilm, it is knowledge. And we gave a couple definitions for knowledge in the last class, and we want to add a definition in this class. So it will be three definitions that we have all together. The first definition was that knowledge, ilm, it is قَالَ اللَّهِ قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ قَالَ الصَّحَابِ That knowledge is Allah said The Messenger of Allah said Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam And the Sahaba said This is knowledge And as we mentioned That these definitions They complement one another And they help broaden our understanding of what is intended by knowledge. Naam. 
The definition that we want to add tonight is a definition that articulates the definition in which we just mentioned in another manner. Same meaning, but it articulates it in another way. And that is, an ilm huwa ma'rifatul haqq bidalilin. That knowledge is to know the truth with its proofs and evidences. This is knowledge. Ma'rifatul haqq bidalilin. To know the truth by its proofs and evidences. Naam. So when we see the first definition, we see that this definition, it complements it. It complements it. Naam. To know the truth based upon its proofs and its evidences. This is knowledge. And just, I want to pause. I want to pause slightly on this definition. So as a reminder for myself and a reminder for others. And this is in light of the time that we live in and the trials and tribulations that we find in these times. And this is an encouragement for us to learn our religion and in particular as relates to this subject matter, the aqidah, with its proofs and its evidences. Naam. Because this is ilm. Anything shy of this, then this is not considered knowledge. Anything shy of knowing the haqq based upon his proofs and his evidences, then this is not knowledge. And you will find this is the reason that the ulama, when they wrote the books dealing with the aqidah of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, when you look at the ulama of Ahlul Sunnah, one of the distinguishing characteristics is that the books are filled, their books are filled with proofs and evidences. Naam. And this is what is important. And we suffer in this time, as they have occurred in previous eras, where people are connected and they connect others to other than the proofs and the evidence. And this is, a, a, is an extreme problem because this is what leads to ta'asu. This is what leads to bigoted following. And this is what leads to a taqlid. This is what leads to blind following. Is when individuals are more concerned with other individuals than they are with Allah said. The Messenger said, the Sahaba said. Now, this is a tragedy. This is a tragedy. That individuals, you can bring them, call Allah, call Rasulullah, call a Sahaba. This is the way the Salaf. And their response to you is, but so-and-so said such-and-such. Ma'am, this is a tragedy. But the reason is because they are being connected to individuals. This is the reality. Because they're being connected to individuals. Whereas, we should be connecting ourselves to the text, to the book, to the sunnah, to the way of the salaf, of this ummah, so on and so forth. Ma'am, I want to mention that as relates to the issue of taqlid, and of course taqlid is the blind following of an of individual 
without delay bila delay naam without proofs without evidences following an individual without proofs and without evidences this is taqlid what taqlid akhu jahl taqlid is the brother of ignorance as the ulama they mention taqlid is the brother of ignorance as the ulama they mention we have to stick to the truth and we have to stick to knowledge and what is knowledge ma'rifatul haqq bi dalili is knowing the truth with his proofs and his evidences naam the ulama they mention that when it comes to the affair of al-aqidah then it is not sufficient to have taqlid it is not sufficient to just blind follow but an individual they have to know they have to know and they have to know because in order to believe correctly they have to know does that make sense they have to have ilm because without having knowledge they will not be able to believe correctly naam as the ulama they all mentioned and as we mentioned many times kayf tu'minu bi shay' tajhalu how can you believe in something that you're ignorant about it? if you don't have knowledge about it if you don't have any information about it then how can you form a belief it's not possible naam and this is why in ilm qabl al-qawli wal amal that knowledge precedes statement and action because without the proper knowledge you don't know what is the proper statement you don't know what is the proper action without knowledge you can't form a proper belief in order to believe in Allah correctly you have to have ilm you have to have knowledge i'll give you an example without going too far off into this topic we want to get back to yani the subject but i'll give you an example so you understand the ulama they mentioned that as relates to belief in the last day as relates to belief in the last day then this means that an individual has to believe correctly in the last day and if they believe incorrectly in the last day then this is tantamount to them disbelieving in the last day naam so for the jews and the christians for example then it can be said about them and it will be proper to say about them that they don't believe in the last day naam now a person he'll come and he say but how can you say that when they claim when they say they acknowledge a belief in the last day they say that there will be a day of judgment they acknowledge this they say they believe in this so how are you going to belie their belief in the last day when they say they believe in the last day the answer is very simple because they don't believe correctly in the last day because they don't believe correctly in the last day they don't believe in the last day the christians for example they believe that Isa alayhi salatu wassalam he will be the one who will judge the people on the day of judgment is that what's going to happen on the day of judgment no so what they believe in is a a a piece of fiction they believe in a piece of fiction so because they believe in a piece of fiction it's tantamount that they don't really believe in the last day why because that's not what's going to happen on the last day they believe on the last day that they will be the ones who will be honored and entered into the jannah and everyone else will be entered into the nar. This is what the Jews and the Christians they believe that the only way into the jannah is is to be upon what they are upon, it's to be a Jew or to be a Christian. But we know that what's going to happen to the Jews and the Christians on the day of judgment is that what is that they will be cast into the hell fire forever because they're kufar, because they disbelieve in the messengers. Naam. 
So what they believe is going to be their, their end result for them on the day of judgment is not really their end result. So what they're believing in is what? Is a piece of fiction. They believe in a piece of fiction. So in essence, they don't believe in the last day because they don't believe in the real last day and what's going to happen on that last day. Right? So a belief that is contrary to the truth is tantamount to a disbelief. So therefore, we have to know what is the truth. Now, we have to know what is the truth. And knowing what the truth is based upon proofs and is based upon evidence. It's based upon qal Allah, qal Rasulullah, qal Sahaba. Now, this is what the truth is based upon. After bringing all of that together, let us look at the last definition. So we can, we can, we can tie it all in, inshallah ta'ala. The last definition in which we had mentioned in the last class was that which is mentioned by the ulama of fiqh. And in particular, when speaking about usul al-fiqh, right? They mentioned al-ilm, idraqu al-shay, ala ma huwa alayhi, idraqan jaziman. That what is knowledge, then it means to know about something, to have knowledge of something upon its reality. To know what it is upon its reality. So we go back to our example of the Day of Judgment. To have ilm in the Day of Judgment. That an individual, he knows about what we have been informed about the Day of Judgment upon its reality. What Allah has informed us is going to happen on the Day of Judgment. What the Prophet wasallam has conveyed to us that's going to happen on the Day of Judgment. When a person knows that upon its reality, upon what it really is... Then that person can have ilm about that particular thing. And when he has ilm about that particular thing and what it really is, now he can believe in it. Now he, he can believe in it because he's believing in it what it is. But idraqan jaziman. But it is, they have knowledge about it, right? But it is that which is decisive. They, there, there is no doubt. It's decisive. So it is to, it is to know about something upon its reality, with a knowing that is decisive. They have information, yani it is decisive. There is no doubt. This is exactly what it is, because that's what it is. Now, this is ilm. This is knowledge. This is what we are required to do. So, remember we were mentioning, and I want to repeat this because it's very important, that we have to shape, we have to, excuse me, we have to reshape and we have to shift our perspectives. So often we concern ourselves with things that don't really benefit us. Now they don't really benefit us. The Prophet informed us that in Islam that from the person's good Islam is that he leaves alone that which does not concern him. The ulama they mentioned that the meaning of la that which does not benefit him. Now we have to concern ourselves with that which benefits us. So I I I encourage I encourage everyone who my voice reaches them to concern yourself with that which benefits you. As we're going over these conditions, jot down one ayah, jot down one hadith. Now, if there comes a number of ayat and a number of a hadith for a particular point, then my encouragement is to jot down one of each, right? One of each, and to formalize your notes like this. So you have, for example, 
right? Now the definitions, now that you'll have that, and that's a separate portion of your notes, right? Uh, and, and, and anything that the Sheikh he mentions that jumps out to you, you write that down as well. That's another section of your notes. But have a section in your notes that's based upon proofs and evidences. Now, so for example, you'll have knowledge, right? And then you'll have a verse which points to the fact that it is obligatory upon us to know and to have ilm about la ilaha illallah. So for example, the ayah from Surah Muhammad, verse 19. So you'll have this ayah. So you have, for example, the first condition is knowledge. And then you'll have under that the ayah, Surah Muhammad, verse 19. فَعْلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Why? It's delete. It's delete. Right? And then, bring the hadith. مَنْ مَاتَ وَهُوَ يَعْلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ دَخْرَ الْجَنَّةِ That whoever dies, and he has knowledge, that none has the right to be worshipped in truth except Allah, he will enter into the jannah. نعم? So then you have this hadith. رواه مسلم. That has been collected by Muslim. نعم? And it's from the hadith of Uthman bin Affan, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. And then, as relates to knowledge, that's all you wrote. That's it. You're done. Right? So you have knowledge. One ayah, one hadith. Boom, you got your delete. Ain, that's ilm. Right? So now you say, the person they come and you say, the conditions of la ilaha Allah, the first one is ilm. You got to have knowledge. Then if you want to mention one of the definitions, you mention. This is what the definition of knowledge is. With delete, Allah said, the Prophet said, done. Just bring one, one, that's it. Right? And this is how you build. And you start like this. And then maybe next time you go over it, you add another uh, ayah, another hadith to the repertoire until you, until you build it. You understand? But this is how, inshallah ta'ala, we should study so that we have our proofs and we have our evidences because this is knowledge. This is knowledge. And this is what benefits us. This is what benefits us. Now, more than, you know, the other stuff we be uh, concerning ourselves with, but like this, this is what benefits us. Now, this is what benefits us. Right? This is important. The aim. Why? Because we mentioned the Sheikh. He mentions that we have to have aim, the knowledge, al munafil jahl, the knowledge that will erase and will negate ignorance. And uh, it was explained that jahl is of two types. Because if we're going to negate ignorance, we got to know, okay, what is ignorance? Right? What is ignorance? But, in general, a person can say, well, ignorance is the opposite of knowledge, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. But, we broke it down that ignorance is of two types. There are two types of ignorance. The first type is the simple ignorance. Jahan, anyone remember the, the, the phrase in Arabic? No, not that one. Jahlul Basit. Basit. Now, Now, Jahlul Basit, this is simple ignorance. Simple ignorance. And does anyone remember what is the definition for simple ignorance? Not knowing in totality. Not knowing in totality. They don't know it in totality. Now, so a person, for example, they say, How many rakaat is Fajr? And they say, I don't know. I don't know. So they don't know in totality. That's ignorance. But this type of ignorance is what? It's simple. It's simple. Why? 
because it's easy for this individual to be taught. It's two rakat. Now he knows. Right? It's simple. It's simple to erase this one. The other type of jahal, the second type is what? Naam, jahal muraqa. This is compounded ignorance. Naam, now what is this type of ignorance? This is what? Naam, to be, to be aware of something upon other than its true reality. So this idraq ala wajshil yukhalif ma huwa alayh. This is to know about something, right? Upon other than its reality. Upon other than its reality. So, for example, of this going back to Fajr, this is if a person were to ask, how many raka'at is Fajr? And this person who has jahl muraqqab, he says, arba raka'at. Four raka'at. Naam. Of course, this is wrong because this is not the number of, of prayer units of Fajr, it's only two. But this one coming, he say no, it's four. So his ignorance is compounded. Why? Because he doesn't know, and he doesn't know that he doesn't know. Naam. So Jahl Murakkab, the ulama, they say, He don't know, and he don't know, he don't know. Naam. So this one, this, this ignorance now is compounded, right? And this type of ignorance is harder to remove because it's filled with doubts, it's filled with misinformation. It's harder to remove because a person earnestly and truly thinks he knows. He thinks he's upon something, but he's really not. So having correct knowledge in La ilaha illallah is knowing about it, knowing its true meaning. Now, so in other words, a person having knowledge of it, it removes them from saying, I don't know what it means. But it also removes them from giving to it a false meaning. So they know what it really means. They know what they know its true meaning. This is extremely important when dealing with La ilaha illallah. Because if a person doesn't believe correctly what La ilaha illallah means, or if he doesn't know, excuse me, correctly what La ilaha illallah means, then what does he believe? His belief is based upon misinformation. So then what? He has yet to believe in what La ilaha illallah really, really, really means. You understand what I'm saying? Because, for example, a person can say, or it yani, yani, uh, could be said, if he believes, for example, that La ilaha illallah means La rabba illallah, that there is no Lord except Allah, which we understand that's a portion of the meaning, but that's not the whole meaning. It's not the whole meaning. That's an aspect, but it's not the whole meaning. And that's not what is intended by La ilaha illallah. Because what? What is intended by La ilaha illallah is the establishment of a tawheed and uluhiyyah. Which by default, all of the other categories of tawheed will be established. Tawheed al-rububiyyah wal asma wa sifat. But if a person believes that La ilaha illallah only points to a tawheed al-rububiyyah, then they have yet to believe in what La ilaha illallah really means and what it really points to. Now I know what it really points to. So it could be argued into say, or who can guarantee that they will actually believe in what it really points to? Because now when you come and you tell them by saying La ilaha illallah, this means you can't pray to the to the to the to the to the, to the you know the so-called saint who's dead in his grave. You can't call upon the awliya and ask them for anything. They may reject that. Say, well, I, that's not what I want. I want to call upon. Them. I want to slaughter in their name. And so on and so forth. Now, so this individual in reality has what has yet to believe in La ilaha illallah. Right? That makes sense. Now, of course, 
We're just we're, we're talking about the concept in general. We're not saying or yani or advocating making takfir and removing from Islam the likes of this yani example which we mentioned. We're just talking in general. We're just talking in general. So I don't want to come specifically now and say all the peoples who who have the wrong definition for la ilaha illallah you have yet to be Muslim. No, no, no way, no way. That does not equate to that. We're talking in general. Speech in general is different from speech as it relates to specific individuals because there are more factors that come in, right? There are more factors that come in. But we're just talking generally, and I want to make that extremely clear. We're just talking generally. So now to bring this back to us as individuals, right? Why this is important for us to be upon this is what? So that we can benefit from la ilaha illallah. Now, and that's what I really want everyone to focus in on. As we go through this, look at yourself first. Don't be worried about the next man. Worry about yourself first. Make sure you got it. And then, after that, your family. Then after that, who you can share it with, right? But I want you to look at yourself first. I don't want anyone to you know, go through this and like, ah, yeah, look at that, you know, pointing fingers. No, no, point fingers at yourself and make sure that you have it. Now, because again, what's the stress and what's the emphasis? Making sure that we benefit. Making sure that we benefit from our life and our time here on earth. And then trying to convey that benefit to our loved ones. Trying to convey that benefit to those who we have the ability to convey it to. Because at the end of the affair, you know, what's the use of uh, you know everyone else being saved if you yourself is destroyed? What's the use? Right? That's like if 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 if, if the if the Safina was coming, the boat was coming, because everything is about to be flooded, you make sure everybody else get on and then you wave them goodbye as you drown. Person to say, I don't make sense. If I'ma help everybody get on the boat, I'ma make sure I got my seat on the boat too. Correct? Matter of fact, what the wise person, the wise person, what would he do? He'd be on the boat helping people get on. Not pushing them on it, but he be on it, helping them, pulling them up. Correct? So, get, so you know, you want it, you got your spot, and you're helping as many people as you can. Right? So, this is what I want everyone, Yanni, to, to really focus in on is that which benefits them in their day to day life, that which helps them be better Muslims. You understand? Because rectification starts with the individual, then it spreads out to the family, then it spreads out to the, the block, the neighborhood, the borough, then the country, then the world. But we gotta start with what? We gotta start with ourselves. Right? But so the next the next uh, now you have to be more specific. Please repeat which part? And I understand there's a delay yani, between here and there, but which 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 part inshallah on time? Ah, now the the issue with the ship is that the it was used as uh, an example or an illustration of how we have to make sure that we concentrate on that which benefits us and then we try to spread that benefit to others is that 
from hikmah, a person, he's going to make sure that they themselves are saved before they attempt to save others. This is from hikmah, right? This is from knowledge, this is from wisdom, excuse me, from wisdom. Why? Because what sense would it make if we help everyone get on the ship and then it leaves and departs without us? So we're left to drown and we help all these other people get on the ship. That's not wise, because now a person has not dealt with themselves in a wise manner. But what is wise is that a person, instead of being on the ground, pushing people up onto the ship, is that they, are, they, they themselves are on the ship pulling people up. Right? That makes sense. I'll give you another example as relates to the hikmah of yani, why we save ourselves first. Right? And that, how this is practical. It's like on the airplane. If the cabin becomes depressurized, they tell you to put on your oxygen mask first before you assist someone else. Right? Why? Because if you're assisting someone else to put on that oxygen mask, but the cabin now is depressurized, so the level of oxygen it, it go is, 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 is low, it's leaving. What can happen? You pass out before you help the other person secure their mask. Now you're both them passed out. You understand? As opposed to if you had your mask on first and, 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 and you were assured that your oxygen flow was good and you were breathing, even if the person sitting adjacent to you were to pass out, you can now put their mask on in enough time that they'll be safe too. You follow? This is from Hekman. It's a guarantee save of multiple people. But it starts with what? It starts with yourself. And this is the Hekman. This is that ilm that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches in the Quran. Right? Who knows the verse? No, it's not there. Who knows the Even in English, it's fine. Surah Tahrim. Surah Tahrim. That's what I'm looking for. Surah Tahrim. What I. Ayah number six. This is the proof that you save yourself first. Right? This is the proof that you save yourself first. The ayah. Ya ayyuhalladina amanu qu anfusakum wa ahlikum. Narrow. Oh, you who believe, save yourselves and your families from a fire. This is Dalil that what well, you save yourself first. Right? You save yourself first. From a fire whose fuel is of men and stone. I said, from a fire whose fuel is of men and stone. Nam. So this is the way. This is this is the this is Yani um this is the, this is reality. 
We have to concentrate on saving ourselves. Now, we have to concentrate on saving ourselves. And how we do that is that we have to stick to our religion. We have to stick to our religion earnestly. And we have to busy ourselves with our religion. Busy ourselves with our religion. Because that is going to benefit us in every aspect of our life. It's going to benefit us in everything. In our akhirah and in our dunya. Because now it will shape and mold us into outstanding human beings. It will shape and mold us into outstanding human beings. Now, and that's, and that's you know, you, you, you can't lose. When you concentrate on building yourself up. Building yourself, building your self-worth, building your self-value. How do you build your self-worth and your self-value? Is by what? Is by fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, the best of you with Allah is what? Atqaqun. Those who fear Allah the most. Like, who fears Allah the most? إِنَّمَا يَخْشَ اللَّهَ مِنْ عِبَادِهِ الْعُلَمَاء Verily, the ones who truly uh, fear Allah from His service, they are the ulama because they have ilm. They have ilm. And that ilm, the, the right knowledge, the true knowledge, yani that comes with an individual has a true intention, that it has effects upon them. And that effects is what is khashya. Is khashya. Is, is, is fear. In the ilm and khashya, verily knowledge is, is fear. Knowledge is not, the, is not the reciting of multiple narrations. Now, no, knowledge is what is fear. Is fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What it help you to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is knowing all of narrations. You see? The goal is to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala To be more yani, uh, sub, uh, subservient unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala To be more obedient unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala To have a greater love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala A greater fear for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So on and so forth All this is based upon what? It's based upon knowledge Having knowledge The more you know Then the more you can fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala With the knowledge that is knowledge based so this is what I mean by build your self-worth, build your self-value by learning about your religion with its proofs and its evidence. Learn about those things that you do on a daily on a day in and day out. Learn about those things that you need in your day in and day out, in your day to day. Now those afkar, a person, he is a person or she is a person and they suffer from some type of sickness, then it behooves you to learn the dua for what? For for when you feel pain. A person is suffering, for example, from uh, worry and anxiety. So what? It behooves you to learn what is that dua for suffering or for anxiety and worry and so on and so forth. Now, a person got to pray every day. It so it behooves them to what? To learn the ahkam wudu, to learn the ahkam of tahara, learn, learn the rules and regulations of purification. They pray in every day. Learn the rules and regulations of prayer. Now, learn the rules and regulations of prayer. How many people been Muslim? I don't know how many years, and they still don't know all of the adhkar of the salah in Arabic. This is a tragedy. How many people, yani, yani, tashahud? All them years Muslim, they don't know tashahud. This is a tragedy. But yet they know this other stuff. So that, so that, so that tells that what you haven't been putting your attention in the right place. You have to put your attention in the right place, ma'am. So, bringing that back to here. As we go through the points, take an ayah, take a hadith, make that your make that your business. You're gonna learn this ayah, you're gonna learn this hadith. Make that your business. Now that's gonna benefit you. It's gonna benefit you. But 
Because we got to have ilm, and that is to know about something upon its true reality. With the knowledge, that's what? That's decisive, no doubt. Which brings us to the next point. The next point, al-thani al-yaqeen. The second condition for la ilaha illallah is certainty. Al-yaqeen, al-munafi lishak wa raib. Al-yaqeen that negates doubt. Really, it, it negates doubt and ambiguity. Right? No doubt, no ambiguity at all. <coughs> Yaqeen, the Shaykh he mentions, and you can use this as a definition. Bidnilahi ta'am. Al-Yaqeen, huwa tamamul ilm. It is a completion of knowledge. Wa kamal. A completion is the completion of knowledge. Right? Meaning that you have sound, certain knowledge that translates into certainty. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. There's no well, maybe's no. There's no doubt. There's no doubt in your mind. Right? The ayah, the ayah you want to bring now for certainty is Allah Ta'ala's statement in Surah Al-Hujarat. <clears throat> and it's verse number 15 in Surah Al-Hujarat. Now I want you to brace yourself because bismillahi ta'ala we're going to do an exercise I'm going to say the ayah and then translate it and then I want you to tell me what is the point of reference what is the point in the ayah that gives you the dalil for what we're saying so again you have to have certainty right? You gotta have certainty but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in Surah Al-Hujarat, verse 15, إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا بِاللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ ثُمَّ لَمْ يَرْتَابُوا Indeed, the believers are only those who believe in Allah and in His Messenger. Then, they did not doubt. Then, they did not doubt. So, what here in this ayah, Surah Hujarat, verse number 15, what here in this ayah is a dalil that we have to have certainty? Which phrase in the ayah is a dalil that we have to have certainty? Huh? They did not doubt. They did not doubt. And then what? Do not doubt. Then they did not doubt. Right? Because if they didn't doubt, what does that mean? That means the opposite, that they had certainty. Right? That they did not doubt. Now I'm ahsantum. Because if they didn't doubt, then this means they have certainty. So now you understand what? The, the, the understanding of the opposite. Huh? Now the understanding of the opposite is that what? If they didn't doubt, then that means they had certainty right if they didn't doubt then they had certainty but essential but this is important this is how you learn you know what I said because it's not enough that you can just say the ayah person they say okay what's the delir the ayah but then you ask a person okay how is the ayah delir I don't know but, they, but it's there 
<laughs> no, we want you to know what it means and know where the proof is, so we understand. Because this is how we what? This is how we increase our what? Our value. This is how we increase our worth. You know what I mean? Like real for real, right? Like, I sent to Sheikh Abdul Razak. He says, "Hey, he says this means ayakanu walam yashuku." It means that they had certainty and they didn't doubt. He said, Iman, faith, and Tawheed, it is a must that there is certainty therein. And the true Aqeedah that is authentic, we have to have certainty in that. And that we connect our hearts to that. We connect our hearts to that certainty. This is very important that we connect our hearts to that certainty. Now, another reason that we have to concern ourselves with ourselves before we concern ourselves with somebody else is that what? Is that al Is that a person who was deprived of something? will not have the ability to give it. If you don't got it, you can't give it. Right? If you don't if you don't have you can't you can't, you can't give it. How many times have we maybe not the exact same statement or phrase, but we use a, a similar phrase. If someone asks us for something and we tell them what? I don't have it to give. I don't have it to give. It was an indication. If I had it I I'll give it to you, but I don't have it, so I can't give it to you. Right? So if we ourselves don't have certainty, we have if we ourselves haven't reached certainty, haven't reached that certain knowledge about these things and, and, and we know about them and we're certain about them. If we don't have that, how can we share that with our children? Right? How can we share that with our children? How can we convey that to them? Right? If we ourselves don't have it, it's not possible. If we don't have it, we can't give it. But how important is it for us to convey that to our children? How important is that? Especially us here stuck in America or those who are stuck in, in Catholic lands, right? How difficult is it here for an individual to maintain their Islam? It's hard. So many things they're being pointed to in, 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 in different directions and pulled in different directions and so many, uh, you know, uh, lures, so many lures, right? I mean, I mean yeah, lure. You know, like like when you fish, the lure is shiny, right? Yeah? It's, it's shiny. Like especially when you're fishing for bass, the lure, a lot of times it got sparkles in it and, and glitter. It's, it's shiny. Catch the eye of the fish. But it's a lure. What does that lure result into for the bass? Huh? What that bass get when he bite on that lure? Now he dinner. <laughs> right? So how, how did that lure work out for the bass? Not too good. Not too good, because now he's dinner, right? But this is the reality, it's shiny, but not everything that shines is gold, not everything that glitters is gold, correct? So it is important that with all these lures, all these temptations, all of these pulling, trying to pull the children away from, 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 from Islam, right? And then on top of that, you have the enemies of Islam and their plots and their plans. Yani, to try to reduce the Muslims to just being Muslim by name. Huh? Muslim by name. 
right? All your ideas, your culture, your mores, everything is all kafir. But your name is Muhammad, so it's alright. You 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 check Islam as your religion in the box, so it's okay. That's it, that's it, let's do that. But it's but where's the salah? Where's the siyam? Where's the where's the signs of Islam upon a person? Where in yeah, where's the where's the aqidah? Where's the pr- proper aqidah? Huh? Gone. Gone. This is what society is calling us to. If you don't want to be a straight Catholic, okay, you're being Muslim like this. Be a Muslim who believes that Jews and Christians are believers. They don't go to Jannah. Right? Be a Muslim who believes you don't got to pray. Right? Be a Muslim who believes you can drink alcohol. Be a Muslim who believes you can smoke up on hookah and go to the, the clubs and, 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 and have girlfriends and boyfriends and, and this and that. Be a Muslim who believes you could be transgender. Huh? Be a Muslim who believes you could be gay. Yeah, salam. You understand? You take away bit by 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 bit. And so what? And so there's nothing left. This is the reality. The iman, yes, it could it could it could go down until it depletes. Because iman it raises and it and it, and it decreases, right? But the early man, the, the self they used to mention. That it can decrease until nothing remains from it. This is something we gotta be scared about. Like we don't we don't believe you understand what I'm saying? Because listen, from the aqeed of Ahl Sunni wal Jama'ah is that Iman, is that faith, is qawlun wa amalun wa atiqal. Yazid wa yanqus is that it's a statement, an action, and a belief, it goes up, it goes down. That is Iman. It goes up with ta'am to Allah. It goes up when one is obedient unto Allah. It goes down with ma'asiyah. It goes down with sin and transgression. So we believe that what? It gives us the true belief and this is the reality. Is that iman goes up and it goes down. Iman increases and it decreases. Iman could decrease to a, to a state where is nothing left. We as Muslims believe that a person could leave Islam. Right? We believe that, correct? We believe a person can leave Islam. It's possible. May Allah protect all of us and our children, our families from it. Amen. But it's possible a person can leave Islam, be protect, be apostate upon the religion. This is the belief of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Correct. Okay. Knowing this is the case, isn't it in our best interest? Doesn't it behoove us to part to to protect our faith and to Strive to protect the faith of our children? Of course. We can't just leave them in the wilderness of America <laughs> until until what? They, they they totally blend in. And then now there's no distinction in, in, in belief. There's no distinction in anything. This is why this is why I stress we really have to concern ourselves. With ourselves and with our families, how many people have so much beautiful talk about this, talk about that, huh? This sheikh, that sheikh, this 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 quote, that quote. I got this book. I bought that book. I listened to this lecture. I was at this conference, and so on and so forth. But then, when you look at their, look at themselves, they are bankrupt. They are bankrupt. 
What is the benefit of you having that book and that book? What is the benefit of you knowing this sheikh or knowing the statement of that sheikh? What is the benefit of you memorizing that surah or memorizing those, those ahadith? Where's the benefit on you? You still get your character, you're morally bankrupt. Where's the benefit? We have to concern ourselves with really benefiting, being good Muslims, being excellent Muslims, being those who are excellent worshippers unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, self-challenge, right? Why everyone challenge themselves? Ask yourself this question. We all know about the benefits of praying the night prayer, right? All right, you know the rest of the answer. You know the rest of the question. You know the benefits about praying the night prayer? How's your night prayer? That's it. Leave it like that. Anyway, the Shaykh goes on and he mentions, he says, He said, But if a, if a person is apprehensive, shakan, he don't know, he has doubt. Naam, murtaban, he has doubt. Fahada la minhu. Then he's not it's just not accepted from him. If a person has doubt, and what does here doubt? He has doubt in La ilaha illallah. He has doubt in what it points to. He has doubt in what it means. La ilaha illallah. La ma'buda bihaqin illallah. None has the right to be worshipped in truth except Allah. Person he doubts that. Maybe you can pray to Jesus. Maybe it's okay if you pray to Mary. Maybe it's okay if you pray to the saints. Maybe it's okay if you pray to the awliya. He has doubt. He don't know. He has doubt. Then what? It's not enough. It's not, he, it's not going to benefit him. It's not going to benefit him until that doubt is removed. Until he knows with certainty that none has the right to be worshipped in the truth except Allah. Until he knows that with certainty, it's not going to benefit him. What's the proof? The verse. The verse. Certainty is a stipulation. You have to have certainty in la ilaha illallah in order for it to benefit you. Without certainty, it's not going to benefit you. Another proof and evidence there comes a hadith in Sahih Muslim. Right? So this is the other thing you want to write down and proof the evidence. Because you got your one ayah and now here's the one hadith. Right? Now here's the one hadith. Or the next hadith. You take your pick. You take your pick. And this one is on the authority of Abu Huraira, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, and the Nabi, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and the Huqad, Ashadu in la ilaha illallah, wa enni rasulullah. La yalqallah, bihima abdun, wayro shakin, fihima illa dakhla jannah. The Prophet وسلم, he said, I testify by witness that none has a right to be worshipped in truth except Allah and that I am the messenger of Allah. There is no slave who meets Allah with these two except, there is no slave who meets Allah with these two without having any doubt. He meets Allah with these two having no doubt in them. Having no doubt in them except that he will enter into Jannah. Ma'am, except that he will enter into Jannah. So you see here, فَاشْتَرَطَ الْيَقِينَ So the Prophet ﷺ, he made a condition to have certainty. وَهُوَ إِنْتِفَاءُ الشَّكِّ 
certainty, which is the removal of doubt. Right? He made it a condition because he says that they meet whatever slave meets Allah with the shahada without having no doubt in it. Without having no doubt in it, except that they will be entered into the except that they will enter into the Jannah. With a hadith al akhar and another hadith. So for for your hadith, you can take either this one that was aforementioned or the, the next one is about to come. Qala sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he said, Man laqita min wara'i hadha al ha'idba yashhadu an la ilaha illallah mustayqinan biha qalbuhu fabashirhu bil jannah. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he said, Whoever you meet behind this wall, and they testify that none has the right to be worshipped in truth except Allah, having, having certainty, being certain about it in their hearts, mustayqinan biha qalbu, that his heart has certainty about that. If you meet us, if you meet anyone behind this wall and they, and they say the shahada and, they, and their heart is certain about that, then give them glad tidings of Jannah. Then give them glad tidings of Jannah. And this hadith has been collected also by Muslim and is also narrated on the authority of Abu Hurairah. Naam. So between these two hadith, we see what clearly that in order to benefit from La ilaha illallah, a person has to be certain about it. Naam. For the Buddha. The Shaykh he mentions, he says, فَلَا بُدَّ أَن تَكُونَ نَابِعَةً عَنْ يَقِينَ مِنْ قَلْبِ الْقَائِلِهَا So it has to emanate from certainty. The saying, لَا إِلَهَا اللَّهِ has to emanate from having the, the individual, he emanates from him being certainty, certainty from his heart. Now, being certain from his heart. فَلَا يَكُنْ عِنْدَهُ شَكٌ وَلَا إِرُتِيَابٌ He doesn't have any doubt nor any apprehension. فَإِنْ فَإِنْ وَجَدَ شَكْ وَارْتِيَابٌ لَمْ يُقْبَلْ مِنْهُ وَإِنْ قَالَهَا مَرَّاتٌ So if he has doubt or any type of apprehension, then it will not be accepted from him even if he says it a number of times, even if he says it repeatedly. It will not be accepted until what? Until all doubts are removed. Until all doubts are removed. And then the Shaykh, Shaykh Abdul Razak, he goes on to talk about the next condition, which is Al Ikhlas, but bi'ithnilahi ta'ala. We will save that until the next class. Fa nakhafi bihad al qadar. Wa sallam ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Wa jazakum Allahu khayra.